Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. I like the guitar in that open. What do you think? How are you, ladies and gentlemen? Good afternoon. It is a beautiful, 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 rainy, crappy, ugly day in St. Louis. But we are going to get you through it here, unless you drive on 55 from the city, because that's going to be a disaster until 2025. So we're going to start with that. You're familiar with this story, obviously, because uh, you are the uh, the traffic guru here well, at 97.1 FM Talk. Did you hear what Modot said today? Oh, no. You haven't heard that? I haven't. Okay. I know nothing. The long-term project replacing 26 bridges along I-55 in South County and City will not be finished now by the planned completion date of December 21st, or I'm sorry, December 1st, 2024. So the planned completion was going to be a year from yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Now it's two years from tomorrow. Two years? Fred, Fred you want to talk about out. this? Because uh, they screwed something. Okay. This was MoDOT's, the contractor screwed uh, something up. Oh, I was going to say, I know there was a press conference today, and yeah. I thought, oh, well, that's interesting, yeah, but the, not the con- interesting enough for me to, that's what they said. Mm-hmm. The contractor working on the project damaged girders <gasps> supporting a bridge over a rail line north of Germania during kidding? demolition of the road surface. So now they've got to get New girders manufactured, oh my. delivered, Here, and put in place. Here's MoDOT. We hold our contractor uh, responsible for the demolition practices that they, they perform, uh, and they were expected to be able to monitor the work as they to ensure that they weren't going to damage what was intended to be used in place. The newer standards that we build bridges to have thicker girders, so uh, we think that might have been part of the contributing factor where the contractor did not. Uh, realized that he was causing the damage as he was breaking it. Oopsie. <laughs> right? You know what? Everybody makes mistakes, but Fred, this affects us personally. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, and you remember a couple of weeks ago, this goes back a month now, when I was coming back with my family from Kansas City, we got stuck in this uh, traffic over the Missouri River in uh, Roachport, and the reason was is because they had a demolition crew that was trying to get rid. They had already blown up the old bridge, and they were trying to get rid of some of the girders, and they whatever happened damaged the decking on the new bridge. And by the time we got through, after about an hour and a half delay, they were having, they had the jackhammers on the new bridge pulling that up to look at the decking. So there, you know, I don't even get a lot of media attention, but that's pretty significant. I mean, how much, and Fred, I don't know if you heard this, but there's got to be some way that the state can hold the contractor accountable for some of the money here too, right? I think they said that's their hope. I bet. <laughs> oh my God. But they, they have no idea how much it's going to cost. Here's right. the other thing. Uh, okay, a couple months to get. 
A year. I know. Well, I don't know if they're saying an entire year, but they're saying that it's not going to be completed by the end of next oh, okay. year, right? Well into 2025. Well into 2025. Oh, all right. Right. Oh, gosh. So there's some good news for those of you. Now, I don't really Thanks. know because I don't travel 55, but that does. And, Sue, you leave, you know, obviously after 6. Fred, mm-hmm. you don't leave sometimes until closer to right. 6 yourself. But it's how still, bad is the traffic there? Slow, it's still oh, it's, slow going through there. Well, I realize it's raining right now, but there's already a slow go. Yeah, right. We okay. need to get State Representative Steve Butts. Steve that's will have his some, area. Yeah, he, yeah, that's his district. That's right. Uh, all right, let me let me just kind of he get... make girders? How is he at that? <laughs> let me start with some audio here. We actually closed the show with uh, Elon Musk yesterday. Um, Fred, where was that story on the? Uh, this is where I'm. The, the host it's Mark Elon. Here it is. Here it is. I want to get to that. I got all kinds of stuff here today. Uh, let me lay out the show before, as I kind of wade through my own confusion. <laughs> let me tell you what's coming up here. Jonathan Martin, who is a really good political analyst, and he's with Politico. He's going to kind of give us a preview of this debate tonight between DeSantis and Newsom on Fox. You'll hear it here. We're going to air it on 97.1 FM Talk. We got Ilya Shapiro from the Manhattan Institute. Our good friend Ilya this afternoon. Ricky Horton is going to be ringing the bell tomorrow for the Salvation Army, and we thought we would get him on just to talk a little bit about that so people can go by and say hi to Rick tomorrow. And also, you know, obviously we've had some pickups for the Cardinals this week. Um, all, let's see, in the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to get into some DEI stuff, and then our friend Dan McLaughlin from the National Review, not the former baseball announcer here in St. Louis, who is also a friend, but Dan from National Review will be here and an audio cut of the day. And speaking of audio cut of the day, that's what I kind of wrapped up with yesterday, and I wanted to get to a little bit more of Elon because I think it's interesting. He was at the New York Times Deal Book Summit yesterday, Andrew Ross Sorkin. I didn't know about this event, Fred, but apparently I think it was a – a relatively big deal. Yeah, they got because, some heavy hitters. Right, right. So here, here's the – where can I find um, the details Bob of Iger. what – Well, he, this is what gets difficult because I talked about all this with Elon when it happened, before anyone was pissed off about it. But it's very difficult to describe exactly what he said in the tweet that sort of set everyone off. Um, this doesn't really say it either. But he was accused of being anti-Semitic. It's kind of a a difficult tweet to explain, quite honestly. So when he gets exposed for what they claim were anti-Semitic and promoting conspiracy theories, I don't really think that's what it was. He said, that was not my intention with the post. He reaffirmed his support for Israel. I mean, if you've you've noticed, he's been there. He's supporting Israel right now. And then this comes up with Andrew Ross Sorkin. Now, Bob Iger was there from Disney, but... Here's um, here's Bob Iger talking about this and why they pulled ads. I have a lot of respect for Elon and what he's accomplished, and not just you know one business, but a few businesses. And we know Elon is larger than life in, in many respects. By him taking the position that he took in quite a public manner, um, we just felt that the association with that position and, and Elon Musk and X was not necessarily a positive one for us, and we decided we would pull our advertising. So, again, I can't even very easily or simply explain what he did because I don't really even understand what hacked people off. I did notice the tweet at the time. I tweeted it and put the eyeball thing saying, okay, look at what Elon's saying here because I find it somewhat interesting. So they pull some of the advertising. Elon's defiant. Apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? 
if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, well let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't advertise. Okay, now my favorite part of that is that Andrew Ross Sorkin has Nothing. no idea. Isn't he the guy? What, what is the background with Andrew Ross Sorkin? I don't Sorkin? know. I've Did, seen a lot of him lately, though. I don't want to confuse him with Aaron Sorkin, but there was a reason that he became someone in the news. I don't know if it was after 2008 with the financial collapse. Something made him more of a name, and I don't even know if he was with the New York Times at the time, but I'd have to look into that. But Elon being very defiant, obviously, but Andrew Ross Sorkin had no idea how to respond (laughs) to that, right? He's like, wait, whoa, what's going on here? So at the same event, and that was audio cut of the day yesterday, I haven't heard this yet, but at the same event, our vice president was there, right? Right. With Andrew Ross Sorkin. And she was asked some pressing questions. You know we're going to get real quality answers here. I would say that age is oh, more... Oh, let me, let me, let me, because the questions aren't on here. But she was asked, obviously, about Biden's age. I would say that age is more than a chronological fact. I spent a whole lot of time with our president, be it in the Oval Office or the Situation Room and in other places. And I can tell you, as I just right. mentioned, not only is he absolutely authoritative in rooms around the globe, but in the Oval Office, meeting with members of Congress, meeting with leaders in industry, meeting with community leaders. So it's only when we see him on camera that he's struggling. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. Because it's pretty consistent. Now, look, people can have good moments and and bad moments. And what else is she going to say? Yeah, I saw him kind of drool on himself in the Oval last week, but I didn't want to say anything. But they're running as a ticket. Okay, this is a ticket. Vote for President Biden as a vote for President Biden and Vice President Harris. We are a ticket. It's called Biden-Harris. That's the administration. That's right. on the ticket. Okay. <laughs> Wait, look, give me a pen. That was as good as AI. His oh, my God. That's one, that's one of my favorites. And then she was asked if TikTok should be banned. What should happen to TikTok? Well, I'll step back for a moment and say that one of the things that should keep all of us up at night is the level of mis- and disinformation that is um, rampant. And the view on the social media piece, though, you, you don't have a specific view on, on TikTok itself? I'm not or commenting what, on that. Are you on TikTok yourself? I'm not. Do you, are you not like but a, boy, many of a the voyeur? people in my family are, I'll tell you that. And you tell them to get <laughs> off? You know, you can tell young people in your family all kinds of things to do. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to agree with her, even though she cackled. It's pretty hard to influence young people and tell them to get off TikTok. Uh, so they're a ticket, Sue. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that. Ticket. Got yeah. it. We'll, we'll see how long that ticket lasts. Speaking of a ticket, this could be interesting tonight. I, I don't even know what to expect. I have expressed some concern over the last few weeks with the debate between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. And even Sean Hannity came out. He was in the L.A. Times this week talking about how, you know, he's kind of buddy-buddy with Gavin Newsom. And what he said about that is that we just kind of clicked. So they're friends, and maybe that's how this came together. I think Gavin Newsom is really, really polished. I think he's dangerous as a politician because he's a progressive and he supports all this nonsense. But he's one of those people that has a very talented tongue, and he's slippery. And I think that Ron DeSantis is about the opposite, really. DeSantis is not that skilled when it comes to verbal communication. Now, when you look at the numbers, when you break down what's happening in California versus Florida— And I'm not sure how this is going to be steered by Mr. Hannity. But if you go back to January of 2019, employment has increased by one million people in Florida 
compared to declining by 85,000 in California. That's a difference of 1.1 million difference, okay? That's significant. Unemployment. California's 4.8 jobless rate, second highest in the country, twice as high as Florida's. Wow. Florida has received 2.7 million new business applications since January of 2019, one for every eight residents, compared to 2.3 million for California. Now, that number's high, but that's one for 28, or I'm sorry, 18 residents. They have more people there. Um, and the, the list goes on. I mean, population migration. One thousand. I'm sorry. One million forty-four thousand Californians left for other states. Seven hundred thirty-seven thousand moved to Florida. It was funny because wow. yesterday I, I sort of spiked this a little bit on on Twitter. I saw and I and I I rather like some of the LA LA Times content, and I subscribed to all these newspapers because I missed the uh, the paywall. But there was this reporter yesterday that blasted something out about. Let's see if I can find this, just because sometimes. Oh, Haley Branson Potts said this yesterday. My latest for the LA Times: California versus Florida. Why are people moving from one state to the other? Such moves between Blue California and Red Florida have taken an outsized role in a rivalry between DeSantis and Newsom, who will debate on Thursday. So then I read the story, right? And there's you know, one paragraph, two paragraphs, three paragraphs. They're all talking about how um, how great California is. And then as you get to about the seventh paragraph, you see what the real lead should be because they, they only talk about how Florida is bad and California is better in the first part of the story. And then she finally writes, more Californians are relocating to Florida than the other way around. Well, that should be the lead. <laughs> of okay? course. Yeah. That, but they, they didn't do it that way. So I asked Haley, I asked young Haley, Haley, was this you that did that or your lefty editors? I did not get a response. But it's this is what you would expect with the legacy media. I mean, they do it all the time. And by the way, I, I asked that question about the editors because I'm telling you, these people that sit behind the desks at the Post-Dispatch and other publications, they're the ones to watch out. And then you combine them with the young, goofy progressives who really aren't journalists, that's dangerous. And that's exactly what we see exposed in the media on a regular basis. Jonathan Martin from Politico. We'll get a preview of that big debate tonight coming up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
I will say this outside of everything else. I have far more interest in this debate tonight than I have the Republican presidential debates. DeSantis Newsom with Hannity tonight. Hannity has spoken with both of them. They don't really like each other. If you ended up with like a Newsom, they would have policies that would really accelerate the decline of this country. Whereas I think Florida represents a model where we can reverse the decline and have an American revival. You don't like him. I know. No, I just don't like. Well, I don't like people that demonize other people or or or. Uh, or go after vulnerable communities, but also don't like liars. All right, whatever. Here we go. It's the big, great state debate. Jonathan Martin from Politico with us this afternoon to give us a preview. Jonathan, welcome back. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. How are you this afternoon? Hey, thanks for having me. Great. So I I am interested. I'm curious. As soon as I heard about this a couple of months ago, I'm like, this is going to be fascinating. However, when we first heard about it, I think there was maybe a little hope that DeSantis would be doing better in the polls, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's gone from being a potential like, you know, heavyweight fight preview of the future of these up and coming contenders to maybe something closer to WWF. Um, And I think both governors would hate to hear that. Um, But you got to be honest about where we are in both parties, by the way. And I think there's a bit of a sort of escapism here, frankly, in both parties. That would, I think a lot of people, uh, D's and R's alike, would love a couple of up-and-coming governors to be their standard bearer, and they want to, like, pull the covers up and pretend like we're not on the way to a rematch of the grumpy old man. Um, but that's escapism, and, like, this is not the race we got. The race we got Biden and Trump, almost certainly. And so this is like a couple of hours holiday from from reality, I think. I think you've nailed it, Jonathan Martin. I really do, because that's kind of the way that you've put it much more eloquently than I I could have. But I think that's exactly the way this is going to play out. Now, there's no audience in this room. It's going to be just those guys going back and forth for two hours. And um, we'll see what happens. I do think that there are important issues that they're going to touch on. And I would expect Hannity, since he likes Newsom, I would expect he'd at least do a a fair job in in maybe moderating this. But in the end, does it really make any difference? Now, I've said this before, too. We'll see if this matches up. I think that Newsom has a lot more to gain here than lose, especially on a national stage. Right. The opposite is true with DeSantis. Right. No question about it. Much more upside for Gavin. Get known nationally, a center-right audience. Um, make the story for California against red states like Florida. And frankly, you control DeSantis, who's in the middle of a primary, and it's not going well for him. I just I don't totally know what the upside is here for DeSantis. Maybe he raises a few bucks online because he gets the eyeballs on Fox for an hour or two. I just think there's a lot more upside for uh for uh, for Gavin, I have one other fast point that I, I just I got to make here, and that is, you know, in some ways this is less a preview of the future, and it's more kind of a rerun to an earlier era in, in politics, right? Uh, the sort of 2000s, where you you know you would have a sort of red state, blue state governor, both uh, sort of up and coming in their 40s or 50s, kind of like a look at what's next in American politics. I'm just not sure that's where we are in this country any longer. And in some ways, it's a throwback more than it's a preview. 
Yeah, I, I kind of think you're you're right about that too. And you know, my concern from the very beginning, just because I remember listening and I played some of the audio of you know Hannity with with Newsom a couple of months ago when some of this was starting to come together. And that's when you know our our perception, of course, here in the Midwest, we uh, we talk about Gavin Newsom when we see some of the goofy stuff that happens in California. And I'm not exposed to it every day. I've known about him certainly. I've known he's pretty polished. But then when he did that interview with Hannity in particular, my instinct was, oh man, DeSantis might be in trouble here because Newsom's pretty yeah. gifted when it comes to his yeah. tongue. No, he's a talented orator. He, he will, will bone up on stuff and sort of know his brief in a way that is formidable. This kid is, is, is no slouch, too. So I think you'll see, you know, two folks with significant firepower. But doesn't that just remind people of what's, what's actually on offer in 2024? Which, you know, spoiler, is not them, yeah, right? No, I know. Yeah. No, I think that's like it. In some ways, in some ways, I kind of wonder if this makes their anguish even worse. I, mean, I don't want to play shrink too much, but like, I don't know, the come down from this for both men the next day uh, and back to reality, that's a hell of a it is. slap. And I'm worried about DeSantis here. I mean, I mean, if I'm making predictions and I'm always wrong and I hope he does better, but I, I'm, I'm worried about him getting a little smoke tonight. So we'll see how that turns out. Jonathan Martin from Politico with us. So what, what is your thought on and how significant yeah. is, again, some of this is moot because of Trump's lead, but the Koch uh, Foundation, Americans for Prosperity, come in. They're betting big on Nikki Haley. What do you make of that? And, and again, does it even matter? <clears throat> yeah. Look, I think it's a reflection of kind of the – the, the pre-Trump party, both what you could call the establishment way and what maybe you would call the kind of conservative movement types, they, they don't want Donald Trump. I mean, newsflash, uh, that's not new. But obviously this offers some money and perhaps some organizational support. I'm just not sure how much it matters at this late date. Uh, you know, if Trump wins the first three states, uh, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, that's probably the ball game there. So I think we'll have some clarity soon. Um you know, Mark, we've seen the movie before. There's no, there's no accord. There's no agreement on who the alternative to Trump is. And as long as that's the case, Trump benefits from that, right? Yep, that, that's right. Now, are you sensing, you know, what, what's your gut check on anything that's happening in Iowa? Because, you know, Iowa, realistically, is going to come up on us very quickly. I mean, we're through Thanksgiving. Christmas will zip through. And then we're at January, and that's in the middle of the month. That's it. Yeah, look, I think, you know, the scientists obviously— is do or die in Iowa. You know, in some ways, I'm not sure it's that bad for Haley to have DeSantis playing out the string in Iowa. Uh, if he can bring down Trump's number, and if he can show that there's a hunger for a Trump alternative by keeping Trump below 50, and as long as he drops out after coming in third, if, if he does, uh, then I think, you know, it's okay for Nikki. If he makes a play and is in second behind Trump and she's in third, well, that, that's a mess then for her, right? Because then he's not dropping out of the race and you're dealing with Christie and the state of New Hampshire. And then again, it's a gift for Trump. Let me let me talk to, uh, talk to you about one more topic here, George Santos, and your thoughts on that. Here's what he said today. He had an interesting news conference this morning. I am not unpacking the, the report. It is counterproductive for me to do so at this time. There will be a time that I will unpack it entirely and go line by line. Uh, I will go line by line when the time is, is proper. So he's talking about the ethics report. If I leave, they win. If I leave... The bullies take place. This is bullying. All right. I'm no fan of George Santos. I kind of wish he would yeah. go away. But what's yeah. what's your take on this right now? I'm a little surprised that they're not waiting for the Fed to cut a plea deal with him in which he would resign his seat in exchange for a lighter sentence, which 
I assume is the end game here. I think what happened is uh, total lack of remorse. And then this ethics report is so damning. It's humiliating for the institution. And I think these guys, especially Republicans, they're just tired of it and want to be done with it. But there's no question that when you do this, you raise procedural questions going forward about how you're going to deal with people who have charges on them, you know? Yeah, that's the problem, you know, and I'm always some somebody that likes to be consistent on that, so we'll see exactly. where that yeah. takes us. Well, that's I hope you right. have a nice Thanksgiving, Jonathan Martin. Let's see I where sure the uh, month of December takes us. We picked up a, a couple of new pitchers here on the Cardinals this week. Don't know if you noticed <laughs> that from afar. So we're, Hope we're, springs eternal, man. When we take you to the game, Jennings and I, we got to get back to a game next year, and hopefully we'll have a better team for us to all there watch. You that's go. our hope. All right, you dude, go. Thank you, Jonathan. It's good to have you. Take See care. Now. So the uh, the debate tonight will be, I think, interesting. And I've said this many times in the, the past couple of debates. You know, we had the watch party for the first one, so I was forced to watch that one, Sue, <laughs> because we had listeners. I did not watch the next two very much at all. I mean, I saw some of the highlights. The last one I tuned in toward the end when they got to the abortion thing, but I have not been revved up about those because I think they've been a waste of time. I am interested in this tonight. Now, I think Jonathan kind of nailed it as it's a sideshow and it really won't matter. However, maybe we'll get something that surprises us. And if you go down the differences, again, I'm going to go back to some of the differences between California and Florida, and I'm pretty sure this will be highlighted tonight on energy in particular. So electricity prices are twice as high in California as in Florida. They also pay about $1.80 more per gallon for gasoline than the average Floridian because of the taxes and the climate stuff, right? Um, State and local taxes in California add up to $10,167 per person, I'm sorry, per capita versus $5,406 in Florida. So that's double, right? Pensions, public worker pension payments were $51.2 billion in California, $7.3 in Florida. Medicaid, California spends $129.2 billion. I'd love to know how much of that is for people who aren't even citizens. I'd mm, say no probably kidding. a fair amount. Florida spends $39.7 billion. Um, yeah. Now, here, Cal- this is from the Wall Street Journal this morning. California has expanded Medicaid coverage to illegal immigrants under the ages of 26 and over 50. <laughs> Next year, all—oh, wait, it gets better. It gets better. Next year, all undocumented immigrants in California will be eligible for Medicaid. I'd no, like that makes to see, no sense. It makes no sense. Now, I'd like to see a little defense of that from Gavin Newsom here tonight and see if Hannity calls that out. Homelessness. The government has counted 171,521 homeless in California versus 25,000 in Florida. 25,000. Mm. California has a $31.5 billion budget hole. Florida ran a $17.7 billion surplus. Wow. Um, California spends 45% more per pupil on K-12, through but its student test scores are significantly lower. I mean, the list goes on. They're really, if you want to compare each state, there's no comparison. There isn't. And the problem is, as you've said all along, will DeSantis be able to be well-spoken enough to bring it all up over the charming Newsom? And in the, in the end, though, who will hear that? You know, who, right. will, who will listen to that message? You'll have the Fox viewers. You'll have some people that stumble in just because they're curious. But this is going to be fascinating. I think we're going to have some audio to play tomorrow on the roundtable for sure. And don't forget about that. We have uh, back on the panel tomorrow afternoon, if I can remember correctly. No, I cannot remember correctly. But I do know that Jane will be here. I don't have the note, and my memory's terrible. So we'll get to that tomorrow. we got Ilya Shapiro coming up next. Sue's News after the top of the hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sue and I are uh, discussing very important fashion issues for the Kilmeade <laughs> event tomorrow night. Brian will be here. They're supposed to land uh, right around 3.30, and then uh, Allison, his assistant, and Mr. Kilmeade will come in and visit with us in the 4 o'clock hour. This is all dependent on travel being on time, and then we head out to Eureka. But this is, you know, people have asked, what's the dress code? You don't have to wear a suit or anything, but Brian will have a suit on because Brian sleeps in a suit. All right, so well, if we're being honest about that. I, um, You're I'm not going to. I'm going to wear a suit. Yes. I'm going to wear a tie even. If I can find one, but I'm not going to sit here doing this show tomorrow afternoon in a suit. I just it's, I you'll don't get like it. wrinkly. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is cocktail attire is what we told Jane. That's what we wore at the MAC. Is that true though? Yeah. So is it that's, accurate? I, that's what uh, okay. Abby and I are wearing. See, we'd never have these issues. Ilya Shapiro's on the line here from the Manhattan <laughs> Institute. Ilya's he dresses properly. You didn't have those questions about whether you have to wear a suit or you just wear suits, right? How are you? Uh, well, it, it depends. I, I try to observe whatever the proper attire is. Tonight I'm going to a, a reception that's black tie optional, which is odd. It's not a gala. It's just like a, just some cocktails, and it's black tie optional. I'm not putting in my tux just for, just for you know, a couple of drinks. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to wear a suit for that. That's I'm always a little, that's always a little awkward because I, I, like, I, I like a good tux in a yeah. wear one for an event. But when it says black tie optional, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put a suit on probably. Yeah. Well, generally, when it's again, if there's a sit-down dinner involved with like entertainment or something, I'll put a tux on. There's a, plenty of those in D.C. Uh, I, I think the month of November, I think I wore my tux like six times or something. But uh, but this is not that, and so I'm going to go festive. I'm going to. I mean, the, the, it's at a club that requires jacket and tie, which is fine. Uh, I'll just uh, do kind of some sort of holiday festive thing. That is go. awesome. Hey, I wanted to tell you some, one other thing on a personal note, just because I think it was you that reminded me of this when you came into the studio maybe even a year ago. But you, you know Josh Hammer pretty well, right? Yeah. yeah I'm so, going to his wedding in Miami in uh, about two weeks. So a couple weeks ago, it was two weeks ago, he was in St. Louis, and I didn't know he was coming in, and he was nice enough to shoot me a message because he, like you, Ilya, is a regular on the show, and we love his work at Newsweek, and we had a chance. I took him out to dinner. We had a chance to get to know each other and talk a little politics. Uh, so it was fun to meet Josh in person. It was great. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you more uh, offline. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did talk a little bit about his wedding coming up, so that's exciting. I know that there's some, there's some let, me, let me just cover a couple of the constitutional issues, but I also want to get your opinion about some of the things happening in academia, which I know you would have opinions on, especially the guy out at uh, USC. But there have been a couple of things that have happened with the court in the past few weeks, right? Um, well, there's a, an important argument uh, just yesterday about the structure of the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which probably in the end won't have uh, as big uh, earth-shattering effect as, as some were predicting. There's a big case next week. In fact, my wife is second-chairing that case. Uh, one of her colleagues is going to be arguing about the constitutionality of uh, what's effectively a wealth tax, a tax on unrealized capital gains. So, yeah, the court is hearing cases. They haven't started deciding them yet, but uh, that's coming. Well, is, is the SEC stuff too in the weeds, or can you explain that? Um, it, so it's, it's, it's whether when they, when they pursue you for various securities violations, uh, is it proper to have their internal 
administrative law judges, ALJs, rather than going straight to federal court and having your day in court through the separation of powers. It's, um, it, it, it's, it's worth a lot of money. It it's, uh, implicates certainly how the SEC and potentially other agencies uh, operate, but it's not going to be a revolution in, in governance. Does the court hear cases then consistently week after week, or does it somewhat depend? Uh, basically, every month from October through April, two weeks out of the month, it'll hear cases. Uh, generally, it'll hear uh, three to six cases a week uh, for those for those two weeks of, of, of the month. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, but and the, the, it decides them all by the end of June. What, I don't think, and you're going to have to forgive me because, you know, the holiday came and things are confusing. I don't know that we ever discussed the um, the attempt by Josh Hawley to, you know, kind of upend Citizens United. And I'm curious about your thoughts on that. Uh, I, 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 man, I've been traveling so much. I thought I had a conversation with you about maybe you did about this at, at some point. But, you know, he's too good a lawyer to, to know, to, to not uh, understand the constitutional defects uh, with this uh, with this issue. And he, he's saying that, well, it's only going to apply to for profits as opposed to nonprofits. But the First Amendment doesn't work that way. And, and you know, as we expected, the his, his little trial balloon went nowhere. I don't know if he even introduced the legislation, but it's, it was clearly a, a political messaging sort of thing that, that, that went nowhere and has since been superseded by uh, Elizabeth Warren's calls to investigate Big Sandwich. We'll see if Josh Hawley jumps on that uh, monopoly-busting campaign. I think you're right, though. I think we did talk about that a few weeks ago, and that's my fault because my memory is really, really bad. All right, John Strauss is this guy at USC. You've been chased off campuses, Ilya. I don't know how much you looked into this case, but he walks in, he kind of stumbles into a Palestinian protest, and he says some things about Hamas being murderers. They should be killed. Everyone should be killed. And then that's caught on video, and it's kind of manipulated in the way that Hamas is taken out of it, and it goes viral. Millions of people see it. And then he's banned from campus. He can't even go to his own classroom, Ilya. You're kind of familiar with stuff like that, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is uh, this is pretty egregious. He has to he's teaching virtually now. Part of that might be for his own safety that sure. maybe the mob will come after him uh, physically. But but yes, he is he is saying uh, true things. But regardless, even if they they weren't true, you can't shouldn't be banned for from campus or otherwise punished uh, for this uh, speech. He's not, uh, you know, doing anything in class that, that makes students feel uncomfortable or otherwise prevents them from learning. This is a, 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 a real problem and kind of different than anything else that, uh, that we've seen with speech-related issues coming since October 7th. Yeah, well, uh, I, you know, I'm. St- we've talked about this a little bit. I mean, I know that you you were very emotional, and we we had a great discussion, um, albeit tragic and sad, in the aftermath of what happened on October seventh. And you you know you talked about this even relating to your kids. But I I still am shocked by some of the comments that I see by students, by professors during some of these protests. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And you know, I even Chuck Schumer can't believe it. I think I heard his speech yesterday. This is just crazy. Now this was in. And this is going to give us an example. I played this yesterday. Listen to the people in Oakland at this hearing. I don't know if you heard this. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. 
I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. Yeah, that goes on and on, Ilya. And uh, uh, how do you react to that? I mean, that, there are some members of the Oakland City Council that agree with them. They voted six to two to not, you know, claim that Hamas is a terrorist group and condemn them. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's war cabinet is not uh, quaking in their boots or otherwise taking direction from Oakland. their city council. Uh, Oakland, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it displays a lot of ignorance. Uh, the reason why millions of people have now seen this is because it's, it's rocketed around. And it's, um, you know, they're not, they're, this was not a savvy PR move for uh, for them to to go about doing this, to even take it up and put it on the agenda. Um, so uh, you know th- this is not this is not indicative, I think, even of the you know the views of of, of Oakland, uh, let alone of America. I would hope not. The, it's the, just that some yeah. of these are getting highlighted in ways that are very very disturbing, and I keep shaking my head, thinking I had no idea so many people out there. Uh, and and you know way. some of these folks are are public employees getting paid a hundred thousand dollars, and and they have. Just completely not, you know, political uh, views that one can agree or disagree with, but a completely uh, just factually wrong statements that uh, that are inflammatory in and of themselves. It's, it's um, you know, they, they, they shouldn't be punished for this. It's not a, again, it's not a matter of they, they have the right to free speech and That's all right. that, but but just the. The ignorance um, is astonishing. It's just colonizer versus, you know, it's oppressed versus oppressor, and it's manifesting itself in in very frightening ways. Ilya, always great to have you on. You have a great week, great weekend. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. We got uh, in the next hour Ricky Horton coming up. He's going to ring the bells for the Salvation Army. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cardinals remaking their pitching staff right after Sue's News on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.